Welcome to the European CME Forum podcast. European CME Forum is a not-for-profit organization that promotes multi-channel discussion on matters relating to European and global CME CPD. My name is Eugene Pozniak. I'm the program director of European CME Forum. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with the session leader for 14 ECF taking place this November. Today, I'm joined by Dean Jenkins from UCB, who will be leading the Day Zero pre-meeting session hosted by the International Pharmaceutical Alliance for CME, the IPACME group. He will also be a member of the multidisciplinary panel in the plenary session on educational design and outcomes. The focus of today's episode is Dean's involvement in the European CME Forum and also an industry perspective on CME CPD. Hi, Dean. Good morning and thank you for joining me today. Hi, Eugene. Thanks. Good. Always good to talk to you. Perfect. Now, I'm delighted that you can join me today to discuss the role of industry, especially at the European CME Forum this year. Um, you're the current chair of the International Pharmaceutical Alliance for CME, the, the IPACME group. But, uh, but can we start off with your own journey? Because it's not really a typical one of, of someone in pharma. And, uh, and that's really interesting. Sure. Thanks. Um, yeah, I find myself currently in um, uh, UCB, in the pharma industry, working in um, uh, medical learning design and supporting colleagues in medical education projects. But I started out as a physician and my uh, clinical uh, career um, changed when I failed an exam. I, uh, I failed the MRCP exam, which was the, is for the membership of the Royal College of Physicians in the UK. And it came as a huge surprise um, that uh, I had failed exam. I mean, you know, to get to medical school, you have to pass all your exams. So this was the first one I'd actually properly failed. So I became a, quite a geek in the MRCP exam. So much so I set up a website to help others pass the exam. I became a geek, a nerd about um, MCQ questions in, uh, in, the, in, in medicine. And uh, that's where the, the mistake really started. I, my career diverged then. I became more interested in medical education. The uh, website became very popular. We, had a, we built a business. I joined up with some other physicians and we built a business around it, which became, um, uh, which grew very fast. It was, it was great fun. It was called On Examination. It became acquired by BMJ and it uh, continues to this day as uh, BMJ On Examination. When, when it was acquired, I was acquired along with it and had done probably 10 years of work with, with uh, BMJ on medical education design in different aspects, digital, face-to-face -face and, and the like. And part of that was working with the pharma industry and a, a, a particular colleague, um, uh, uh, Thomas Kellner, who I worked with, then um, uh, attracted me to work with him in uh, UCB. Um, and we we built uh, we we've we've been uh, working there as a team. Um, sadly, uh, Thomas died last year, but uh, uh, we um, have carried on and uh, um, and I, I really enjoy working in the industry there. And yes, I, I'm the current chair of IPACME, um, but we have reconfigured ourselves as a, a community of practice. So uh, we're more of a community rather than being a, a led by an individual. Oh, right. No, that's really interesting. And thank you. I, I had no idea, actually, that um, 
how you actually started off in medical education started with with that uh, the shock of failing an exam after <laughs> after all those years but did you end up actually passing the mrcp oh yes i did pass it <laughs> i failed by something like um one percent or something like that because it was a strict cutoff um a, an arbitrary pointless cutoff <laughs> so uh um, yeah, I, I then uh, knuckled down and actually did some revision and then passed the next time. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. But those membership exams are pretty brutal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With huge yeah. failure rates and things. Yeah. And that's great. And, and also the yeah, description of the IPACME group, I uh, saying it's a community practice of uh, people from uh, from across the European drug companies. And, um, and of course, IPACME has been involved in European CME forum meetings over a, a number of years as well. And actually, can you say something about the relationship with FPIR as well? Because that's um, that's something that's uh, evolved in, in recent years as well. And, um, and, you know, I'm thinking specifically about the working group. Yes. So F the FPIR has a working group uh, looking at medical education. And uh, Eva Thalman from Janssen has been uh, the co-chair of that. And um, it's been looking at um, quality principles in education um, over the last couple of years. Uh, has been supporting the, the, the update to Article 16, part of the FPA code of practice for pharma companies in, in Europe. Um, we have been working a lot on that, and we hope to bring an update to that to the IPACME Day Zero meeting on Wednesday the 3rd next week. And um, that uh, we'll be able to give an update then of where we are with that uh, uh, quality education document. Excellent. Yeah, so the, the Day Zero meeting will, will take place on Wednesday just at European afternoon. You'll have a good hour there to present this on the GatherTown platform. So we're using a networking platform where people can go in and so it uses the Zoom technology and it's open to all registered participants of 14 ECF. But um, yeah, that's that already sounds interesting. You've sent over a sort of an outline agenda, but what are you hoping to, to cover in that in that meeting in, in addition to, to the Article 16 update? So we'll cover the um, an update of the FPO working group, um, of the industry working group looking at medical education. It's got representation from, I think, nearly 16 um, companies. Um, so it's, it's been a piece of work that is um, we are proud of, and it has been challenged by others in uh, the medical education industry, and we have uh, tried to respond to that and uh, rethink what we are going to present. So we'll ho hopefully be able to give an update of that at the IPACME call. And uh, we'll cover the, the maps, Medical Affairs Professional Society Standards and Guidance um, a document, which was released earlier this year. Um, uh, Patty Jasek um, will, will uh, give us an update on that as she was part of the working group. And it covers the whole breadth of, of um, the types of medical education that the pharma industry is involved in. We are in a stage, obviously, of moving our terminology. So we've tried to move away from education to make it more of learning as we are thinking more of what um, our learners need rather than what we need to tell them. So uh, at the, um, in IFPMA and in FPA, we're thinking more along the lines of lifelong learning in healthcare. 
so that we are part of the, the journey of a healthcare professional, part of their learning to support in the appropriate areas and then where we have a legitimate interest. So we hope to cover that and uh, have an opportunity to um, have a question and answer session as well to uh, address any, any other queries or questions or challenges to industry um, in our room in Gathertown. Excellent. No, we look forward to that. Of course, um, a lot of the things that you've just mentioned of the previous work of the IPACME group, of course, has been published in the Journal of European CME. We'll put it into the show notes, yeah, a number of links to the important um, uh, publications that it would be good for people to be aware of before they join you in the Day Zero room. Good. I, I, I mean, having... Having spent my time at BMJ, I like being academic, <laughs> so I think we should link to the great work that has been done and published in the past, and that's, that's a really strong foundation then for us to move forward and uh, demonstrate that we're developing quality um, education as, a, as our approach. Excellent. And, and there are a couple of topics as well that IPACME are working on that you'll be doing a more a deeper dive in by running workshops during the uh, Thursday and Friday sessions. Yeah, can you give us a bit more insight into what the workshops will be covering? Yeah, sure. Um, so we have a lot of interested and uh, hardworking members of IPACME, and we're obviously involved in our various companies in um, different types of projects, and two of those uh, came out quite strongly, and we have some uh, of our enthusiastic members who are going to be presenting their, their, their shared experience on that. They're going to be on diversity and inclusion. And the reason for that is that we strongly feel that um, uh, addressing diversity and inclusion in all aspects of our work helps to make for very better design. So it's going to be part of the design, uh, learning design uh, aspect of the uh, European CME Forum. And Patty Jasek from Astellas, Pam Mason from AstraZeneca, and Annette Treble from Gilead uh, will uh, we'll look at that. Better diversity leads to better design. That's going to be the message of that uh, call, uh, the workshop, sorry. And then the other one was on um, impact measures and outcomes. So um, uh, we are great fans of backwards planning. We want to know where we're going to get to with anything that we do and then plan backwards as to how we're going to achieve it. So uh, Liz Kelly from Lilly and Megan Becker from Gilead are going to talk about that as they've been involved with some good case uh, studies in their companies on uh, looking at outcomes measures. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, no, we really look forward to, to seeing that. So each year we run um, a survey as a needs assessment for the meeting and actually just before our call we started looking at uh, a few of the the top line um, uh, results there and uh, we've had a great response this year and um, and probably more Europeans this year than North Americans than usual it's sort of like a two-thirds one-third split so that's quite uh, interesting to see but uh, but were there any points there that came out that you thought were were interesting? Well, it was good to see that um, quality education and outcomes were listed uh, uh, there as, uh, as needs. And that aligns with what we're doing in uh, the workshops and in our um, day zero meeting from industry perspective. So it was great to see that. Um, and there was, there was a comment about um, engaging learning, how, how learning can become more engaging. 
and that's that's part of our design battle if you like with uh, uh, building learning experiences is they have to be relevant to the audience <laughs> and they have to be delivered in a way that is uh, really engaging and uh, you then have an opportunity then to uh, share um, share and achieve your learning outcomes so it was good to see those in there um, and and also there, there were some there were some comments as well about the role of industry in the whole process of uh, um, healthcare physician uh, healthcare practitioner uh, le learning lifelong learning and I think it would be interesting to pick some of those out in our uh, day zero meeting at the IPAC we call if we have time and uh, it'll be really interesting to to hear this and and especially the perspective of industry in the uh, educational design side of things and actually we're seeing this as European CME Forum all the stakeholder groups now are looking at uh, really what is important when it comes to medical education or lifelong learning in the broadest sense and uh, yeah. yeah it's that theme of relevance and um, appropriate education being presented to the learners rather than uh, let's say the older topics of maybe the accreditation and the bureaucracy behind um, the presentation of education. Yeah, you know, it feels now that we're really focusing on what's important for our learners. That's good. Yeah, as I said earlier, we have reconfigured IPACME as a community of practice within GAME, uh, the Global Alliance for Medical Education. Um, the reason for that is that uh, it Fit, the structure fitted better to how we behave as a group. We aren't a, a subcommittee as such. We're, we're um, a group of individuals that share a passion in, in the same area, in good medical learning design and have bring different ranges of experience, some really core uh, um, and long-standing experience in the pharma industry and others who are like myself, who are newer to the pharma industry, but bring um, medical education experience from outside. So I think that that sort of has re-energized our group a bit, hence explaining why you might see um, more engaged IPACME members at uh, this sort of meeting. Excellent, yes. Yeah, and, and having the group come together and, and being able to uh, present a, a clearer image or clearer objective, I think, of, of the industry, especially in Europe, it feels now that the kind of conversations that were happening in, the, in North America, maybe 5, 10, 15 years ago, uh, can now happen in, in Europe. And, um, and yeah, we welcome the discussions at the forum where we do have the different stakeholder groups getting together to actually work through these details, um, especially over yeah, the, the transparency, how closely industry is involved in, let's say, the CME side of things, but also just broadening it out to the lifelong learning, to medical education in general, and working out how our learners really get the education that they need um, to, to improve their practice. Definitely, yeah, agree entirely. I think we should still celebrate the fact that in Europe, we have such a great range of different culture, and approaches and uh, flexibility for working and making things appropriate for individual countries. So um, I think that, that is a, a strong feeling as well, I think, in uh, the members from uh, European pharma companies. Excellent. Yeah, we'll look forward to exploring those deeper uh, next week. And of course, throughout the meeting, we are having a number of plenary sessions which approaches 
sort of the CME medical education sphere, this idea as a three-legged stool approaching the, the overall topics where, where we're bringing together a multidisciplinary panel of uh, people from across all the stakeholder groups in medical education in Europe and uh, North America to discuss each of these themes. And you yourself, you're involved in the one on educational design and, and outcomes. But yeah, what, are, what are your thoughts about this approach? Um, I really like it. Uh, I think a three-legged stool as a concept is, is widely used, isn't it? You know, the mm. European CME Forum isn't the first to use it. Um, but the way, uh, the way it's been brought in as a, as a, as a concept, it encourages collaboration because <laughs> by, visually it's a great description, isn't it? That we need each other and the, you need different aspects of the environment to be able to be working together. Otherwise your stool won't work. <laughs> so with only two stools, with only two legs on your stool, it's not gonna work. So the, the three stools that you have of the rules and regulations, educational design and outcomes and funding and independence, I think that sort of reflects really the environment we're working in. They all need to work together. So I think, yeah, I think it's, uh, a way of encouraging collaboration and uh, uh, talk between different um, stakeholders in this uh, area. Excellent. Uh, yeah, we look forward to a lively discussion, I think, through, throughout all these topics. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add at this stage for ahead of the meeting? Well, I'm really looking forward to traveling to Manchester. It is literally going to be my first business trip um, since the beginning of lockdown last year. So as I live in Cornwall, I'm going to get on the train and get to Manchester and uh, hopefully then be able to see some face-to-face -face, um, uh, meetings with colleagues uh, next week. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you there, Dean. Yeah, we're saying yeah, the meeting will be coordinated from a central studio. We'll be in the centre of Manchester and uh, we've invited... Uh, some members of the faculty who are in the UK who can travel because uh, well, we invited people from mainland Europe as well. But it's just, yeah, in these times, it it's, still it's slightly, really challenging. It's still quite difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, and even yeah, down to the space and things. So it's not quite a hybrid meeting, but it'll be really exciting to, as you say, for a, for a small group of us to actually be there on the ground in Manchester leading this meeting and of course beaming everyone else in and um, we just hope to make this really as high quality and as interactive as possible that uh, we can uh, deliver under our current circumstances. Great yeah looking forward to it thanks Eugene. Brilliant thanks very much Dean see you soon. That was Dean Jenkins from UCB joining me to discuss his involvement at the 14th annual European CME Forum. Registration is open for the 14th annual meeting, and if you complete our annual survey, you will receive a 10% discount. Your registration will also give you access to the complete archive of the 13th annual European CME Forum, consisting of all the plenary and workshop sessions with over 18 hours of CME CPD content from a faculty of 70 experts in European and global CME. More information on the upcoming 14th annual European CME Forum and this year's JECME special collection can be found on our website, cmeforum.org. Thank you for listening and join us for more episodes as we explore all things CME CPD. Mm -hmm.